welcome to this podcast summary of the IASB meeting just held in Peru during March, uh, March 13th through the 17th. I'm Matt Waldron, the technical director of the IASB, and I'm pleased to be joined by Arnold Schilder, the chair of the IASB, Megan Zietzman, the deputy chair of the IASB. We have Rich Sharko, who is a board member and also the task force chair of our um, Project 540. We're going to uh, provide some, some in input on the, uh, the results of our meeting, which was a, a good meeting, and I'm going to turn to Arnold for that in just a moment. Megan's going to provide some other uh, details on a couple of our projects and followed by Rich to update us on the uh, activities of 540. So with that, Arnold, I'll just turn to you for some opening remarks. For now, only two, Matt, thanks, and I'll come back later. Um, first of all, to note that we welcomed two new board members, Lynn Provost, the former Auditor General of New Zealand, and Len Dewey, practitioner from China, and it was great to have them together with the technical advisors. Um, the main event certainly this week was uh, today's unanimous approval of ISA 540 revised on accounting estimates. Rich will talk to that, but I'm really delighted that we got it so well at the end. It's a very complex standard, very complex subject matters, but well, we made it. So really great compliments to the whole task force, including staff and supporters for doing that. Let me stop here, I come back later. Okay, yeah, thank you, thank you, Arnold. And so uh, why don't we just uh, go to, to Megan, and Megan, uh, give us uh, some updates on a couple of the projects, thanks. Uh, thanks, Matt. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about our discussions around ISA 315 and then our quality control uh, discussions, which focused on engagement quality control reviews. So firstly, with respect to ISA 315, we've had um, a couple of discussions already at the board uh, level about 315 and the matters that we are going to be addressing in our revisions to the standard. So we continue to have some discussions about a couple of key areas this um this week, and I think we got some really good input from the board about the direction that the task force is headed. We talked about IT. We had some preliminary discussion about the things that we might be able to do to the standard to basically modernize it and, and to make it more clear what are the expectations around information technology. So I think that the feedback that we got from the board was generally the right direction. Um, this is a very important topic. It's important to be clear as to what the benefits and the, and the necessity for looking at the aspects related to IT are in the context of risk assessment. Um, we were encouraged to think about the involvement of IT experts and when those might be necessary. And we also heard the message of think think, think simple first or think less, less complex first and then build on from there. We talked more about controls relevant to the audit. This is an area where we understand the, the calls for clarity. Um, we heard some feedback from the board about the, um, the need to really include good examples um, and, and then really look at the whole work effort related to um, the evaluation of design and determination of implementation. So good input for the, uh, the task force to carry on um, its work in terms of, of the necessary revisions. We also spent some time talking about separate and combined assessments of inherent risk and control risk. Um, and we actually heard 
feedback fairly resoundingly from the board that these assessments are separate, so not combined or simultaneous or, you know, or, or, or some of the other words that, that we had uh, thought about, um, but really important uh, things to be thought about separately so that the auditors really do understand the drivers of the risks of material misstatement. So some good direction again there for the task force to continue its work. We also spent some time talking about significant risks. We heard, again, general support for the concept. We have a working definition that we talked about, some mixed views on that, but a good conversation to, to really continue to look at all of that, including how it all interacts with the concept of the spectrum of risk. Um, and then maybe potentially even if we get that all thought through and connected properly, maybe the extant definition actually works in that context. We also spent a little bit of time talking about data analytics. We heard about the importance of making sure that as we make the revisions to ISO 315, we uh, enable the use of data analytics, but we don't necessarily restrict or require um, and, and, and box the auditor in. So it's important, I think, for us to see what comes out of the, um, the request for input, the comments that we have received on our discussion paper that the, disc that the data analytics working group put out a little while ago. Um, and we look forward to continuing to work uh, with that that, that data analytics working group in the way forward. Also talked a little bit about professional skepticism, some support for continuing to look at um, making the language and the standard supportive and encouraging of the challenging mindset. So continue to, to really move forward um, with respect to that. Um, and then switching gears, just a few remarks around um, our discussion on quality control. Like I said, we focused mainly on the, the role of the EQCR re EQC reviewer. Um, we heard general support for the thoughts put forward by the task force, task force with respect to the attributes that the EQCR should possess. We talked about authority, competence, expertise, skills, um, and the board had a number of thoughts as well as some suggestions for the task force on its preliminary drafting. So we look forward to the continued work of the task force with respect to those matters as well. We also heard the, the important message with respect to this area about the importance of keeping our revisions principles based and, and too many rules could really make this very difficult and very challenging, particularly for SMPs. We talked about objectivity of the EQC reviewer as well and, and with respect to this we heard or we talked more about the real importance of co keeping coordinated with, what, with, with the um, provisions of the IESBA code um, and specifically in relation to uh, the cooling off period um, that might be required or appropriate. So continued work that needs to take place there um, and we look forward to some more discussions in, in forthcoming meetings. So with that, Matt, I'm going to turn back to you. Thank you, thank you, Megan. And so, before I move over to uh, to to Rich on uh, 540, I thought I would just update you on the discussion we had on professional skepticism, which was a, a, a update that provided to the board. Um, and really, on that, what we're seeing is uh, professional skepticism being really worked into the discussions in a very uh, detailed way into the 540 projects, 315 quality control group audits. It's, we're really seeing how this is really uh, finding its way into the discussion based on uh, responses we've received from the ITC and other outreach that we, we continue to do. The professional we have a professional skepticism working group, which is a, a joint working group of the, uh, the IWSB, the ethics board, and the education board, uh, and we're working together to develop a joint publication that we can put out some, sometime in the summer, we would hope, uh, that would 
provide some feedback on what we've heard on the ITC and, and some other observations on how these three boards are coordinating their activities. So at a pretty high level, we got a, a pretty good update on, on the activities and the focus of the professional skepticism working group. So um, maybe at this point, I'll, I'll turn over to Rich to give us an update on the activities of 540. Rich? Thanks, Matt. As mentioned earlier by Arnold, ISO 540 was unanimously approved by the board today. But that was a uh, long process to get there this week. We, we had lots of discussions, so maybe I'll give you a little bit about what we talked about during the week. We, we start, started on how to improve the accessibility and clarity for SMPs. We also talked about how we could clarify and simplify the language that describes the work effort to enhance understandability. In particular, we focused how we could improve the auditor's responses when estimation uncertainty is a factor, as well as how to improve application material to support the requirements. There's also good board discussion on the issues of auditor's ranges, what is meant by the word reasonable, as well as what is meant by the word appropriate. The conforming amendments for ISO 260, 500, and 580 were also discussed and approved. The, the board supported the task force recommendation that we encourage field testing for the requirements of the exposure draft. Finally, I'd like to add that I think the exposure draft will assist the audit profession in how to address in the audit the increasing complexities in accounting standards and in the business environment. We encourage all stakeholders to read and respond to the exposure draft and we'll be looking forward to receiving this input. Back to you, Matt. Thank you, Rich. Uh, with, with that, I guess it's over to Arnold. Okay, um, thanks. Um, Rich, I have been reflecting a bit further on all of this. Um, there's so much interesting in 540. Um, it deals with very complex subject matters, but they're very important, even if you look back at the financial crisis, etc. I think that's one reason why you and your co-chair, Mark Picure, and the team have done so much outreach. And I think it's very important that we keep this open dialogue with the world. And even after we have finalized the standards, continue to assist the world with, with how to understand this. And I have to confess, this morning I was thinking about something like instructions for use. And it is because we often receive the comment, it's complex, it's lengthy, it's detailed. And I thought, well, is that now really true for something that is by definition, as I said, a complex subject matter? So I think my instructions for use to anybody would say, well, just take half a day. Take one first hour to just read the objective, the definitions, and the uh, requirements. And then lean back after an hour and say, well, what, what, what have I learned so far? Then take another look for the next hour and link then what you read in particular requirements to here and there application material. And I hope that the world understands that application material is not adding a lot of lengthy stuff. It's taking you by the hand. So you may have a question, how should I do this? Well, that's why we have added so much of hopefully helpful guidance to make this work in practice. And I guess that the challenge that both uh, practitioners of all backgrounds 
but of course also users and, and regulators um, audit committees may well pick up. So we will of course work hard, as you said, to further explaining and translating, but um, I'm full of hope that, that the world will see this as a very important step forward in a very important topic in the public interest. Um, just a few other topics. We received also this morning a presentation from our member Brendan Murtag. And Brendan and Chuck Landis hosted in Paris in January a working conference focused on um, small audits, the needs from smaller practitioners, the needs in marketplace for small and medium-sized entities. So we wanted to learn in that conference two days for many stakeholders coming from 28 jurisdictions all over the world, what can we do more? And, and then we had this week breakout groups in the board to further discuss that. And we also discussed it yesterday in the steering committee. And Brendan summarized that this morning to the board. A brief highlight of, of where we have landed at is um, we will continue to working on this. Um, one element is paraphrased by the mantra, think simple first. What can we do more to assist people in using the standards, auditing standards, others. And we heard a lot of calls for, please give us more examples, more diagrams, more plain English. Um, and we certainly have asked the, the, the task force chairs in particular of current project to keep that in mind and to see what we could do. Um, uh, second avenue was also the use of IT. And we know that our sister board, the Ethics Board, um, has an, an, an IT-facilitated uh, website handbook. We will study what we can do in the area of IT, which hopefully would help people to not just see a big book, but an easy access, starting simple, and then being facilitated when it needs to be more complex. Um, we also, of course, are aware of initiatives and call for, let me say, a simple, small standard for small audits that are not complex, that are easy to do. And at least we have committed to explore this further. That's not to say that we can do it. We see a lot of pros and cons, but there is a will to at least to, to further analyze this. And then finally, the area of all other kinds of standards other than audit. Um, we have currently a consultation uh, almost closing on the so-called agreed upon procedures, and that's not just that, but also multi-scope engagements. And we heard in the Paris conference a lot of initiatives from national jurisdictions about other forms of uh, services and standards to that, like on preparation of financial statements, on presentation, um, and many others. So. We encourage the world to share that with us and we will analyze those. We committed to come back to the world with a consultation document, likely not very lengthy. On one hand, summarizing the outcomes from the Paris conference. On the other hand, sharing what I just said and asking for feedback. Well, would this be a helpful way forward? And please come up with suggestions how we can make this happen. And we are sure that we need the help of many so 
in this openness, we will continue to work. We will also do that with the other standard setting boards. We discussed coordination. We have agreed an initiative to have a uh, joint session of the ethics board on ourselves um, in September, which will preceded by a joint meeting of our steering committee and the ethics board planning committee to prepare for that, which will include the chair of our joint professional skepticism working group on the curler. So that's an important other initiative. I think, Matt, I should stop there, but thank you. Okay, well, thank you, Arnold, um, and thank you, Megan. Thank you, Rich, for those remarks, and just want to provide you with some information on sort of looking forward. We're planning our next physical meeting is going to be June, the week of June 19th, 2017, in New York. We have some planned at teleconferences in May, but they have still yet to be confirmed, but you can check our website for that. And looking forward in June, well, in June to the June meeting, while we haven't uh, set the agenda yet, we are looking forward to perhaps uh, looking into quality, talking about quality control at the firm and the engagement level, uh, discussing group audits, having another conversation on professional skepticism, and uh, talking further about coordinated efforts between um, our boards. Just want to remind you that our meetings are open to members of the public, and the, you can register on our website for those meetings. And I would advise you to do that as early as possible. The registration closes two weeks before uh, the meeting. So this concludes this podcast summary of the IAASB's March 2017 meeting here in Lima. Uh, the meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board discussions are also available on the IAASB website. And we just like to remind listeners that you can also follow us on Twitter. Just uh, look for IAASB News. And with that, uh, thank you for listening and look forward to providing you another update following our June meeting in New York.